from Moses, the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, this is the In Her Boots podcast, a show about women cultivating the sustainable and organic agriculture movement and how she does it. My name is Lisa Kiverest, and I founded and lead the award-winning Moses In Her Boots project, providing training, resources, and support for women farmers. I'm a farmer myself, running in serendipity with my family in Wisconsin, and am the author of Soil Sisters, a toolkit for women farmers. The In Her Boots podcast celebrates the collaborative spirit of us women farmers and all women working to transform our food system and steward our land, sharing ideas and inspiration with each other. Whether you're a woman with a dream of starting your own farm or already have your hands deep in the soil, there's something for you here. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss anything. Today we sit down with Bridget Holcomb, Executive Director of the Women, Food, and Agriculture Network. Bridget shares her journey that brought her to her current role leading a women in sustainable ag-focused nonprofit. Bridget received her Master's of Public Affairs with an emphasis on nonprofit management from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Prior to that, she worked in sustainable agriculture advocacy at the Michael Fields Agricultural Institute and the Illinois Stewardship Alliance. A native of Northern Minnesota, Bridget has focused her work on clean water, soil conservation, and making a sustainable living from the land. We are here with the mighty Bridget Holcomb. Thank you very much. Thank for you for having me. Sharing your story, your time, and all the good things that are happening and will happen and can happen with women in sustainable ag. Awesome. Um, I would love to hear your story on how you got to what you're doing now serving as executive director for the Women, Food, and Ag Network, because it's really interesting. None of us seem to have this master plan, right, of from point A to B, and we need to be open, seems to be a, a theme amongst us women, but you're doing amazing work and you are prepared to do it. So how did you, I don't even know, did you grow up on like a family farmer how did the food connection start i actually grew up in twig minnesota which is north of that sounds out there (laughs) i've heard every joke including it's out in the sticks uh it's but it's branching out etc but yeah it's it's um actually north of duluth so there's not much that's grown there and it really was in college where i found out that this there's this whole agriculture thing and that it's really important and it affects everything it affects the environment it affects people it, it affects clean water um it affects whether societies thrive or die and got in so really got into so this in college to i went to to um school here we're at university of wisconsin madison mm-hmm. and my first semester i did a i went on the um, website for all of the student organizations and i did a search for the word sustainable and two popped up uh i called both of them the first one said oh would you like to lead this um we have no members and then and told me to call the other sustainability organization which was fh king students of sustainable agriculture yeah and so i joined fh king i that was the first time i ever farmed i got my hands in the dirt and um on that organic um demonstration farm learned so much in one very exhausting summer uh and by the the next semester i was leading the organization wow and this is while you were an undergrad yes there yeah so you finished up your undergrad 
I finished up my undergrad and the, I, I'm still amazed by this at um, all these years later, right after I finished college, I began a career in sustainable agriculture advocacy. And it's still, it's still amazing because you talked about how none of us have a master plan. Like no one, I wouldn't have believed that you could get a degree and then then immediately go into being an advocate and a lobbyist for sustainable agriculture. But I got a, an incredible opportunity to intern, intern with Margaret Crome at Michael Fields Ag Institute. And then right after that, I got my first job at Illinois Stewardship Alliance. So I was down in Illinois for a couple of years, and then I was back at Michael Fields Ag Institute. And then after... Um, seven years of doing all of this advocacy and, and lobbying, what I realized was we had all of these incredible people doing this incredible work. And so much of my time was trying to make our organizations function well and internally. The administrative and I, Exactly. Uh, and I was also on boards. And it's amazing how much time people on boards spend just trying to figure out what their role is and trying to make the boards function well and, and support the organization that I thought, you know, where my where my skills might be best put to use is in management. And I don't know anyone who starts off like going to college thinking, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to do it through management. But that's really where... <laughs> but it's needed. It's needed. And and that's where I ended up. I, I ended up then um, doing grad school, trying to focus on nonprofit management. Mm. And right after grad school, I was lucky enough to become the executive director of the Women, Food, and Ag Network. Hey, it's a perfect fit. Because, I, yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've always had a passion for women in sustainable ag in particular. Absolutely. My the the path for me went sus, absolute passion about sustainable agriculture realizing that women are the leaders in this movement and then realizing women are the leaders despite all of the crap that we all deal with. So the the fastest way that we can promote sustainable agriculture that we can realize sustainable agriculture is through supporting women. What's so inspiring about your story too, Bridget, is even if there might have been a little serendipity and a listing of student organizations that first got your hands in the soil, you knew what you wanted to do. You found your passion from the get-go. And that's huge because for whatever, a lot of other people, it, things happened before then, do you know? Or even with the increase in the number of women farmers, it's a lot of women midlife, you know, do, following their dream, but doing it later on. That's just awesome. I mean, it, the years will add up quickly as far as impact and things go. But from what you were saying earlier, it is an opportunity for somebody right out of school to dive into these issues. Absolutely. And and when I started school, I was, I was interested in – I think I was your basic, like – hopeful environmentalist. Like, <laughs> we need more of those. Yeah. Right. And and I, I feel like I, I was surrounded by those. And, and we all went different directions. But the, the first key step for me was find other people who are like me. And then uh, and and get lots of it, talk to them, get lots of experience. And then you're off in a direction before you realize it. Yeah. So being around kindred spirits yes. has always been in a 
important element for you. Yeah, absolutely. Because you bet. Um, as much as I have passion, I feed off of others. And so you get a bunch. I mean, this is what happens every time uh, we have a conference for the Women, Food, and Ag Network. We have all of these women who realize they're kindred spirits and they get together, like 200 of them in a conference room, and then we can't get them to stop talking. Like, <laughs> it's, and it's fantastic. And, I've, and this, this conference and, and events that we do feed me through all of the administrative crap that I have to do the rest of the year. Well, well that's huge, though, because you do need both, right? Yes. I mean, especially as a nonprofit doing a lot of things on a limited budget, as we all are, you need the business side as well. I, I got really great advice when I was studying management in grad school. I was told that your ideal job, absolute dream job, you are doing what you love a third of the time you are another third of the time you are doing stuff that you don't love but it's part of your job so you're just doing it and the other third of the time you're doing stuff that you hate but you have to do it because it's part of the job and I've really lived by that every time I'm going through something that I, I really hate doing I just think okay it's in that third you don't get better than this that's great advice I love that advice and then when you are doing something that's fun and effortless you just realize this is that third and I'm going to appreciate this because... This isn't 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but that's very realistic because with any nonprofit or any business period... And farming. Yeah, there's whatever, the email, there's the budget, there's yeah. the monthly reports, there's all of that. There's the day that your your calf dies when it's 20 below. There's Yeah, there are days that you break down crying, absolutely. But that's a really good realistic perspective because especially for folks coming out of school or new to this you don't realize those other two-thirds right Right. i mean it's activism all the time or it's it's passion passion all all the the time time. yeah 100 passion no there are times that you just are are getting through a grant proposal because you need to because it will help you work on your passion at other times that's awesome um so what skills when you when you, you did go to grad school, what skills did you feel you garnered there? I mean, as far as taking the academic route to um, prepare for your yeah. role today. You know, what What I really learned um, was that management is a skill. I feel like so many people step into management because they think, oh, okay, this is this is how I get a promotion or this is like the, the next. cherry on the Sunday exactly. versus the- Uh, instead of this is a separate set of skills that I need to learn. And so I, um, I definitely took those skills and really, I, I, I have turned into an evangelist for, um, making sure that, that you have one-on-one check-ins with staff members and volunteers weekly. I am all about updated job descriptions and reviews. I am all about running a meeting efficiently. <laughs> like, and I have, yeah. and, and, and the thing is none, none of this is, um, is beyond anyone's reach or mysterious in any way. There are best practices. But it's not intuitive necessarily It's either. not necessarily intuitive, but you just, uh, like growing anything, you you learn the steps, you learn the pitfalls, you learn what to, to look out for, and then you become really good at it, and then your organization is suddenly healthier. Thriving. Yes. Like the field. 
Yes. Oh, that, yeah, that makes total sense. But it, we don't think about that often enough. And we don't value good management. And I really wish we did. Yeah. Because what, what is your your definition of good management or a good manager, especially in a setting like the Women Food and Ag Network where you have a female staff exclusively, right? I mean, it's a... Yeah. How can women better work with each other? Yeah. I, I For me, I really... I really subscribe to the Greenlee model of management, which is a servant leader. You, uh, for for me, I wanted to step into leadership not because I wanted the spotlight and not because I wanted, I uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, wanted my name and lights. It, it was because I want the women that I am working with to be as effective as possible. And that flips the management model on its head. So instead of top down, I'm telling you what to do, it's flipped of, I am here to serve you. How can I help you be most effective? That's both lovely and exactly who you are. So yeah, that well, makes and, sense. And but- also, I think this is this is an easier... Um, this is an easier model for women to take um, to take to uh, because it's it is more of a community model than a than a power structure hierarchy model. Yeah, but do you, do you think too that things are a little different amongst women in the sustainable ag community? I mean, do we lean a little bit more towards that collaboration, cooperation, or versus other settings, or is it? I will say that one of the reasons that I chose sustainable agriculture as a path is because the people in sustainable agriculture rock. We are just we are just great people. There, um, we don't have a, a lot of people who are who are in it for themselves. Um, and we we tend to really have our our eyes on the end goal and um, are really helping each other along the way. Um, that said, I have been in a bubble of working only with women for the past three and a half years, so um, I I can't tell you the how how it's different working with women than with men because I am in a bubble. No, well, it's a good bubble. It's a good bubble to be in. Um, yeah, we can we can celebrate that. But yes, it. Uh, but I do think to your point, it is a bit unique amongst our sustainable ag community, partly perhaps because of that independent agriculture spirit where we just are busy. Do you know, we get a lot done. And I love seeing at this conference that Women Food and Ag Network does and other situations where we just let each other run with it. Do you know, it's not a micromanaged situation. We inherently come to the table knowing we're all doing our best and we're trying and, 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 you know, and yeah, things happen, but that's huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also think that that having, um, being a, a farmer or a gardener or whatever label you're comfortable with, you know that what works for your garden or for your farm doesn't necessarily work for another farm. And being that respectful for, okay, is this what you're doing? Great. Maybe I can learn from you. That attitude is really helping us. No cookie cuttering needed. And, and because the the model that we're trying to push against is that. Yeah. So the way that we are going to win is through our diversity and through accepting all of our, our different viewpoints. Oh, fabulous. You bet. So going back to your story and those years when you were in between undergrad and grad. Yeah. You kind of were in the trenches, though. Yeah. I mean, what were some learnings there? What would you Would you recommend that path for a young woman food activist as well, as far as just 
getting your feet wet in different experiences, working for different nonprofits, different advocacy groups? Yeah, I... Because those um, aren't necessarily... The things you... I'm saying the things you did on those job fronts weren't skills necessarily you learned in school, right? Yeah, and I actually... There are... um, I get phone calls often asking, I want to get a career going in advocacy and in sustainable ag policy. How do I do it? And my answer is always, you do it. Like, there are no college classes that can... Like, I'm I'm sorry, a poli-sci degree does not prepare you for running a campaign, Um, you know, whether that's somebody's election campaign or running a campaign to try to get the Buy Local Buy Wisconsin program in (laughs) funded um, through the state budget. What do you want to know about those years in the in the trenches specifically? Well, just that reflecting back on them, that was worth it. That was the way to do it is just to do it, like you said. Yeah. My advice is to go in and do it. It's worth it. And also politics, like policy and trying to get laws changed and budgets changed at the the state level at the at the federal level can seem so daunting from the outside and it's interesting like i would i'd hear people complain about like oh it's all money and politics blah 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 you can't change anything because the you know all these people are corrupt blah 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 and i would say oh well i'm a lobbyist here that here are my experiences and it really it really did it really would shut up a room um but it's while it seems so scary and and insurmountable from the outside it really is just talking to people it really is just going in and talking to people and learning the system and then and doing it and testing it as you go and and talking with other people who do it and and figuring out what works terrific great thanks bridget thanks for listening to our in her boots podcast I'm your host, Lisa Kiverest, with the Moses In Her Boots Project. This episode's audio engineer was Liam Kiverest of TechSocket.net. The podcast was brought to you by the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, Moses. The mission of Moses is to educate, inspire, and empower farmers to thrive in a sustainable organic system of agriculture. For more information on Moses, In Her Boots, and a bounty of organic resources, check out mosesorganic.org.